2: Sports Saturday, a presentation of KSL Sports. Got it for three. Cougars by twenty. Every Saturday, all year long. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On your legacy home of BYU Sports, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into KSL
3: News Radio. It's a game day, BYU basketball on a Southern California road trip. And we're joined now by BYU basketball guard forward uh, Spencer Johnson, who's been a critical piece to this BYU basketball team. And, Spence, it's been good to see you back in the lineup. How has that return to the court been for you?
4: Well, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. I've worked really hard to uh, put myself in a situation that when I got back, I felt like I could just kind of jump into it and – Um, There's going to be no lag. So it's just been awesome to get back and, um, you know, jump into it and and get two wins as well.
0: Spencer, I'm curious what the – battle's not the right word, but just all that entails the return to the court from a a rehab perspective, from a mental perspective. Like, What did that look like for you during those five weeks from that point of view?
4: Yeah, I mean, for me personally, it was was tough. Um, I've never really been – Injured and had to miss, you know, game time because of an injury. So it, it was different. It was a, it was a learning adjustment for sure. But um, I've always said when you surround yourself with great people, they're gonna, you know, make you great as well, and they're gonna help you to be great. Which, which I we have here at BYU is our strength coach is really good. We we put together a plan to be like, hey, we're gonna start it out slow. We're gonna, you know, with with these types of weights, and then we're gonna gradually, you know, as, as the weeks and days go on, we're gonna kick it up. Um, our athletic trainer has been really good. I also met with, um, a psychology team that we've been working with. And, um, so they were really great for my mental game and, um, you know, due to all these things, it was just kind of like, Hey, when I got back, like I'm ready to go, you know, I'm not coming in with my feet wet, like I'm jumping in let's go.
3: When you suffered that injury in in the Bahamas, what was maybe the initial timeline for you to be out? And, and did you beat that, uh, by, by your return when you got there to Pacific?
4: Yeah, I think they were saying it was um, about four weeks. I mean, I, yep. I wanted to play the next day. but uh, <laughs> That's what
3: Coach was telling us. He's yeah. like, this, this Spencer Johnson, man, let me tell you. He's <laughs> ready to get out here to <laughs> the next day, man. That's
4: why I was like, is it going to get worse? Like, can I play on it? But um, they said it was about four weeks. I think I was about on par with that. Um, so they said – I think they said four weeks with a, a ramp-up after that. But, I mean, the ramp-up was like the game, so – We're good to go.
0: While you were gone, uh, they struggled initially without you. Then the team found its way after that. From your perspective, not playing, what impressed you about the team's ability to string together a winning streak?
4: Um, Man, it was just the the grit and the resilience that they had. Because like you said, you know, those first couple games, it was tough. They were um, struggling a little bit defensively. They were, you know, it was just, there was just a, a kind of an odd feel going on. Um, but credit, you know, to our coaches and, and to the players really is, is like, they just dug in and said, we're not going to fold. We're not going to, you know, give up. We're not going to split apart. We're we're going to stay together and we're going to work through it. And it was a lot of like early mornings, you know, watching film and, and practice. And it was some late nights as well. Um but that's what it takes, you know. So you, sometimes you just got to work through it, and, and that's really the only way to do it is you, you just get to work.
3: Coach Pope uh, told us earlier that there was a meeting that first time in his coaching career is how he put it, where it was just kind of a heart-to-heart, where you guys all looked at each other and said, we're not a good team right now. You guys were 5-5, five and five, losses to South Dakota and UVU. What can you kind of share about that moment and how impactful was that uh, to the success now
4: it's everything when when you spend so much time with um you know your teammates like we do on the road and in practice you become really close with them and you know when you when you have relationships with people like honesty is number one you have to be honest with each other and I think in order to be successful you you know be successful at a high level you have to look at you know yourself in the mirror and and you have to be honest with the other guys as well where you're like hey you know we're not good right now for sure um i think it was after the uvu game i mean the game ended at what nine thirty ten, 10 and um we met as a team the next morning at like 7 a.m so we were it was it was a super quick turnaround and we met and and we had that heart to heart and it was really good and we decided that we were going to commit to each other and and uh you know, you can can see the results since then. I'm
0: curious your insight on the situation. Again, is is not the word that I want to use, but um, just your perspective on the point guard uh, sharing of duties between Rudy and Dallin. As as Rudy started as the starting point guard, and then that switched to Dallin. Rudy's been great off the bench, kind of in that six man role. What's your perspective and insight as as a player on how both of them have have handled that? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's never an easy thing when, you know, you, you start out, you're starting, and then all of a sudden the coach makes a switch on you. And and that's definitely not easy to handle, for sure. Credit to Rudy. I mean, he's been incredible these past couple games. He's, you know, against the Creighton, against Utah. Like, he was, he was huge. So, for sure, credit to him. And credit to Dallin, too, that, you know, coming in as a freshman is really hard, especially after a mission. So, him just being ready and, and just saying you know my number was called and i'm going to take full advantage of it so i mean
3: do you expect to still be coming off the bench is, is are you going to be back in that starting lineup soon what is kind of the role that uh, coach pope has laid out for you going forward
4: um we haven't had that conversation yet um so i'm i'm not really sure uh, i anticipate you know that conversation will happen here soon but you know for now the the only thing i can really focus on is, is when I'm out there to, to be the best I can be.
3: Was it uh, kind of a goal of yours to become, you know, one of the go-to – I mean, we, we've been watching all the games. It seems, it seems like whenever BYU needs a big bucket, you've always delivered this season. Yeah. Was that kind of one of your goals this year, to be kind of one of the top shot makers, a bucket getter for this team?
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if my mindset was like, hey, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna be like the bucket getter. <laughs> um <laughs> But I just feel like I've I've been here, I've been around, I've been here at BYU um, for a little while, and we had a ton of new guys coming in, and I was like, hey, you know, I've been here and I know the system, and it's my job to to be a leader for these guys, and, you know, whether that entails switching on to the team's best player and and shutting him down, or making a game-winning shot, or, you know, whatever that is, like... I've got the guts and I've got the insides to do it and, and I'm going to do it.
0: Coach Pope mentioned earlier that, um, you know, previous teams and teams that you've been on have been in the thick of the national conversation, been ranked to this team's not at that point right now. How difficult has that been or, or has it presented other opportunities for you? As a team? Yeah.
4: Yeah, it's, it's definitely been different. I mean, the first two years that I was here, we were um, pretty much ranked the whole year. I mean, we got as high as 12 and, and we made the the tournament my first year so it's definitely different to kind of be in this spot where like hey we're 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 close but we're not quite there yet um, and i think you know at, at the beginning of the season we knew that it was kind of kind of be a learning curve because we had so many new guys we had guys coming off their mission and guys transferring and and it takes a little bit to kind of find that chemistry and and to gel together but um I think we're finding it you know we're hitting our stride and and we're kind of figuring out who we want to be as a team and our identity so um never say never I mean we're we're in the hunt for sure.
3: Mark Pope's been a uh, big believer that this team uh, can be pretty good uh, by season's end and uh, you know there's it's been he's kind of reinvented this program a little bit with how he's constructed the roster Mm -hmm. you've seen you know coach Pope so many different avenues. Whether UVU here, uh, being recruited out of high school, uh, just what what uh, is it about Coach Pope's that, Coach Pope that makes you a believer in him and what he's trying to do here at BYU?
4: Yeah, I mean he has this like relentless, like never say die attitude, and I mean it permeates throughout the whole program, where it's it's a you know, we're not going to give up. We're not going to fold. We're we're going to keep going. Whether you win the national championship or whether you lose a game, like you're going to show up the next day and you're going to work as hard as you can. And um, because of that, I think he it's one of the reasons why he's so successful. One thing he always says is like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people could look at me as an individual and say, well, man, this guy played in the NBA and, and he went to med school and he's a coach and you know, X, Y, Z, but he's like, they look at my successes, but really what makes me so, what makes me me is because of all my failures. And he's like, I just refuse to accept failure, that that's going to be my end. And, you know, he, he really helps us to believe that and and pushes it on his team. So that's definitely, you know, one of the big reasons why we're, we're so successful.
0: Few more things for you, then we'll let you go. But earlier in the week, you revealed that uh, you're into real estate, which is uh, something I did not know. Yeah. What uh, piqued your interest in real estate, and what do you want to do with that?
4: Um, man, it actually happened last summer, like the the, the be- end of the season. At the
0: peak of the Utah housing market. I know, uh, <laughs> crazy, right?
4: <laughs> I uh, I got an internship with a guy over the summer, and he, um, was investing in real estate. He was flipping houses. And so he had me underwriting a ton of his properties and, and just kind of learning the deal. And, and, and he was so awesome to help me out with all of that. His name's Adam Lancaster. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but he's super great. Um, so he kind of, he got me started in it. And then since then I was like, man, I, I love this. This is something I feel like I can do, wake up every day and, and just like do it. You know, so I started working on my license, and um, as I've been exploring it, I think I want to go into the commercial space.
0: So, um, so we may not see you on HGTV in the future. <laughs> Who knows?
4: I mean. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: This BYU network, man. They can make it
4: happen. I know, I know. The BYU mafia. i got to network the, the heck out of this place.
3: <laughs> How, let me ask the last thing for you. You know, a lot is made about, you know, BYU, uh, the, the fan base, the the connections we hear a lot with football and basketball, just maybe things beyond the fields of play, uh, the, the opportunities you have. Is, is that real? Like it, it, being a BYU student, the uh, connections that you gain from being a BYU basketball player that, you know, you want to go into real estate, the opportunities that are there with being a BYU guy.
4: Oh, 100%. Well, that's like actually how I got connected with Adam was he uh, – I went to, I I told Coach Bobo, I was like, hey, I I think I'm interested in real estate. And he's like, hey, I know a guy in the Cougar Club that can get you hooked up with uh, all of our real estate guys. And so I got, you know, a ton of their numbers. I reached out to them. I started, you know, making connections with them. And and Adam just was like, hey, come do an internship with me. Like, you know, I'll I'll teach you how to do it. We'll work one-on-one. We'll do this whole deal. So... It's uh, it's real.
0: Did you get your hands dirty in, uh, in some of these flips? Were you uh, knocking down walls and doing renovations? I wish, man. <laughs> I
4: would have posted about that. I got a picture.
3: Will Spence, we know your time's precious, and we appreciate uh, you spending so much with us. Uh, best of luck. Uh, the rest of this weekend, and uh, stay healthy. And uh, it's been fun, you know, seeing this season and on all the all the growth in your BYU career. Thinking of that uh, solid community college signing day at SLCC to now come a long way and uh, only uh, up from here. So uh, looking forward to the rest of the season and more in your BYU career.
4: Thanks, guys. Go Cougs. All right, thanks, Spencer.
0: All right, that was Spencer Johnson. They'll be playing at 6 p.m. You can hear it right here on KSM News Radio, as it's going to be hard to watch, actually, Mitch. So... BYU and San Diego, Cougars trying to get back to their winning ways after a uh, a setback's probably not the right term because LMU was favored to win the game, and they have a better net ranking than BYU. But nevertheless, BYU uh, uh, lost their first game on this two-game road trip. We'll discuss that in BYU basketball on the other side. Welcome back in to Cougar Sports Saturday, hour number three, first show of 2023. However and wherever you have listened to the show today, we appreciate it. You can listen to us uh, in a lot of different ways. You can listen to us on smart speakers. You can listen to us on the radio, on podcasts, and we appreciate you tuning in to Cougar Sports Saturday. Talked a lot of football today. Had a lot of great guests, Tyler Batty, your conversation with him, which you can find on our feed or the long version over on your podcast, Cougar Tracks. So, uh, just good stuff from Tyler Batty, who, you know, I commend him, too, for being loyal to BYU, because if I were in his shoes, I might have dipped, if if I'm being real. I just feel like Tyler Batty has the physical tools to be an NFL player, has not been utilized properly. He's got a new staff coming in, really cool to hear his thoughts on Kelly Papinga, Jay Hill. So, you can listen to that full interview on Cougar Tracks. We had Ryder Burton, the youngest quarterback in BYU, a freshman from Springville High School. Good stuff from him. We just had Spencer Johnson talking BYU basketball. Good to see him back. Unfortunately, there's a, I want to get your thoughts on this. This was a little clear to me in the Loyola Marymount game in which BYU lost uh, a Thursday night. Late, by the way. I'm not going to miss those. 9 p.m.s in an empty gym in the WCC. Spencer Johnson coming back is great. It has presented a problem, which is where does he fit? He was a starter when he... Got hurt. Now he's not. He's coming off the bench. In the meantime, Rudy Williams has also went to the bench. So now you've put two starters onto the bench. Just him coming back, I think, is sort of wrench into the rotation. I'm not sure how you solve it. What are your thoughts, Mitch? I think you probably go. I mean, this would be probably a scenario
3: if maybe you lost more games. But you'd probably in in the perfect setting if you're if you're truly making this year about developing for the Big Twelve. You move Gideon George and just put Spencer Johnson there. I mean that that might be the move, but Gideon George does a lot for BYU on the glass. I think offensively, Gideon has not been as maybe good as there hasn't been that leap forward. No. I think in his offensive game that I think you would uh, you would have uh, hoped for after, you know, an off season where he had a lot of NBA workouts, but he does have an impact on the glass. I mean a lot of the and games. It, it, no question. And a lot of the games where BYU has just outclassed a team in that seven-game win streak on the glass, Utah, Creighton most notably, a lot of that was due to Gideon George. So you you can't replace that. Uh, You know, this team is flawed, and and they have uh, issues. (laughs) And we were talking about this earlier in the show. I'm going to pull this from uh, a guy that's a comedian, okay? He does an impression of Colin Coward, and I love it. (laughs) Joey Molinaro, he did an impression of Colin Coward a while back. And he said, I have a rule in life. (laughs) When someone tells you who they are, believe them. Okay? And I'm thinking about that with BYU basketball. Mark Pope told us back in October, I just hope we can compete. I just hope we can be competitive. Which is so like 180 from what Mark Pope typically talks about. Mark Pope has not shied away from the highest of highs in college basketball. This guy has operated in a world of the highest levels of college basketball. That's pretty much all he knows as a player and at BYU. I mean, the guy put BYU at a spot where they were the trendy pick to go to the Final Four in his first year. Uh, this year has been different because he knew that this roster was flipped completely in an effort to get ready for the Big 12 and become something far different than what they've been because what they've been the first 3 years was good by BYU standards but not good enough long term for the Big 12 and he knew going into this year that they were going to have issues and that's why even during the seven game win streak he's like we still have problems on the court now uh, you know we we still have all these issues so it's not a surprise they lost to Loyola it will always come down though and this is one of the things I will not miss about the WCC, Matt, and I've harped on this for so long. A road loss in a conference should never be a bad loss. Uh, but in the WCC, it is from a brand perspective because it's hard for Cougar fans to wrap their mind around Loyola Marymount beat BYU. That's just hard. It, it will always, you know, that's kind of a shallow thing because I think the the quality of play on the court has gotten better, but it's just still tough to stomach Oh, San Diego's up by eight with under four to go. Like th- those sort of things, just will always be difficult. Whereas in the Big Twelve, you get any win, massive victory for BYU. Man. Yeah,
0: it's a good point. We got to take a break here. News, traffic, and weather on the other side. We'll keep talking BYU hoops as they play tonight at six p.m. Pre-game will begin right here on KSL News Radio five p.m. And you might be listening because it's going to be hard to watch. So it's uh, on Stadium if you know what that is. Well, we'll discuss that even more on the other side. BYU.
2: Sports Saturday. For for Cougar Sports Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. Got it for three. covers by twenty. Every Saturday, all year long. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans or Cougar fans. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Maimonte. Three, one, two, On your legacy home of BYU Sports. <laughs> News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM.
3: Sometimes the off-the-air conversations need to end up on a podcast in their own right, or be, end up on the air somehow. Now we do. We are going to start in 2023. Have a lot more behind-the-scenes footage on our show, and you can actually get some of that today. Uh, CSS BYU on Instagram. You can go there now. We had a heated debate over hot dogs. <laughs> Uh, but there's also been some fun content as well. So go over on CSS BYU and give us a follow there. We'll have a lot more content in 2023. Because like, I'll just say it, you know, guys, we're typically not good at Instagram. We're just not. No, like, we're, we're just not as gifted. Like my wife, she posts a photo. I go, that's that just looks aesthetically pleasing. And I'm like, mine just look grainy. And anyway, what's also has not been aesthetically pleasing BYU hoops. <laughs> Great transition. It has not been pretty. And you know what? When it comes to pleasing and and, you know, just the the operation itself, if you're gonna go down losing Matt, and we also have Nate Slack, our producer, in here as well, if you're gonna go down losing, like let's see a a fun style of play. I think that was one of the discouraging things on on Thursday night against LMU was you lose sixty four to fifty nine, you're not rising and firing, you're not that three point shooting team that we thought they would be, and the tempo's not there too. Where is that tempo that Mark Pope and this BYU basketball program were talking about? Because it's just been missing. They're eighth in the league right now in, te- in pace of play. That's, that, they're getting closer to St. Mary's type numbers.
0: It doesn't make sense because when you look at the roster, guys, they have to play fast. They're undersized. Yeah. Why would you want to slow it down and limit possessions? It's just I can't for the life of me understand why we're not taking that 2019 year and rinse and repeat. That team was undersized. With with Yoli Childs as your what only big man, him and Colby Lee, what did they do? They got up and down a lot of pick and roll, TJ Haas, pick and roll threes, Jake Toulson threes, even Yoli was popping out and hitting threes. We're not seeing Foose even take a mid range J. Like no. it's just to me, if this team wants to be successful at all in the Big Twelve, they have to build a specific identity, which is a shooting identity. I just I don't see how you can be interchangeable with 6 foot 7 wings but be great at it in the Big 12. I just feel like BYU's niche when they have been a great basketball team forever. It's been built upon great guard shooting. Let's let's
3: let's follow up on that. So first year of Mark Pope. Great guard shooting, great team, Top number sp- one three-point shooting team. Yeah. The other great BYU teams of of in the past. Jim Herford at senior year, great three-point shooting team, best yep. guard in America, best player in America. Yep. Danny Ainge, if they had a three-point line back then, he would have been, would have been killing it from three. Yep. You know, Even some of the teams under Dave Rose, Steve Cleveland, they had a knack for knocking down the three. BYU's tempo this season overall over the 18 games is 49th, which not bad. They wanted to be top 10, though. I mean, Pope wanted this thing to be fast. It is the, one of the fastest teams in America. And I think back to, I think it was, what, 2013, 2014 with Matt Carlino. They put up like 115 against Stanford, had an amazing late night win there. The tempo was off the charts. I was expecting that yep. this year, where maybe it's sacrificed on the defensive end, but you are going to be running and gunning, and it's going to be a fun brand of basketball. And. If you don't have that brand of basketball and you're still chalking up L's to LMU, this isn't a great product. Nate, I'm curious, what do you think of of BYU basketball as they get ready tonight? Six o'clock tip against San Diego.
1: Yeah, just a, a lot of the same thoughts you guys have been having. I think a big problem right now is just the offense is so hard to watch, right? The the tempo is it's it's bad. The the tempo has slowed down so much. Guys aren't shooting the ball very very much. Um, you know, when I think of Boe basketball they they're typically shooters right don't have don't typically have a lot of size um, you know guys who are quote-unquote sneaky athletic <laughs> but uh, you you got guys like Noah Waterman right now shooting 45 percent from three um, Spencer Johnson shooting 38 uh, percent Tanner Toulson who we haven't seen a whole lot of even he's shooting above 30 percent from three um, I just think they need to let it fly um, yeah. I don't think BYU is going to have a lot of success if they keep trying to go down low because of that size disadvantage. And I think unless they turn it around, they're probably going to see more of these losing streaks.
3: To, to your point, Nate, think about the last, you know, five or so NCAA tournament appearances for BYU. 2021, 47th nationally by Ken Palm's three-point percentage metrics. 2020, number one. They were going to go to the dance that year, then COVID took it away. Prior to that, 2015, Dave Rose team, where they were in the uh, first play-in. four, playing yeah. against Ole Miss, they, sacrificed, they lost that big lead. They were 44th. You have to be top 50. There's a track record. The teams that don't go to the NCAA tournament for BYU, Dave Rose's final year, 240th. Uh, the penultimate year, 187th, 194th. You have to be a top 50 point team. Right now, by Ken Palm, three hundred eleven. Ken Palm's metrics. Now, that's not the end-all, be-all. If you look at the NCAA stats, it's a different number. It's not much better. It's 227. It's not good right now. And I thought BYU could at least... They have issues with the post. They've got issues there, but at the end of the day, they're going to be able to straight-up pump and run, go high-flying, up-tempo offense. That hasn't been there. I asked Mark Pope before conference play started, are you still committed and is is the up-tempo style play what you want to see? And you know, he's like, yeah, but it's just not happening. And I don't know if it's a personnel issue. I mean, I know that this team's got its problems from talent and whatnot, but I, I feel like there's enough there where you should be playing a lot better against the WCC. And look, I give the West Coast Conference credit. It's an improved league, but I'm not going to sit here and just say all these random metrics to you because at the end of the day, it's still LMU. It's still San Diego. And tonight I think BYU wins, Matt. I think they do come away victorious and pull out a win against the Toreros. But San Diego, I'm just warning folks, they can shoot the three. All of them from one to five, they can pump, and that's going to be worrisome because BYU doesn't defend the three well either. And I hope that you know BYU can piece together a road win and, and find a way because if they lose to San Diego and then you got Gonzaga on Thursday, whew, suddenly that seven-game
0: win streak becomes a distant memory and it becomes a three-game skid. What you just described from San Diego I think is what all BYU fans would like to see from BYU. Yeah. And you can live with the wins and losses, but if you're having fun along the way, where there could be a night where you throw in 21 made three-pointers because you shot 47 of them, that's fun to watch. And that's what BYU needs to do. And look, I think BYU will always probably struggle with size. It's been in the past. That's how it's been. I don't know if that's going to change a whole lot going into the Big 12. But you can beat that with the three. Like, look at what Utah State is doing this year. They're not a big team. Now, they play in the Mountain West, and they don't have a great strength of schedule, but they're first in college basketball in three-point shooting percentage at 43.3%. If BYU is in that range, you could overcome the size. And look, I hope that Coach Pope and the staff maybe do some drastic things this year to fix the shooting. I'd get on the phone with Jim Furnette and say, hmm. yo, this summer, we need you, bro. We need you. Maybe he's a consultant. I don't know. But I would be hitting him up to help this team get better three-point shooting because that is the key. It is not three and D. It's not interchangeable wings. Like To me, the, the success, and you just mentioned it, the tournament teams that BOU has had in recent memory, they shoot the three. That's the key, and they're not a good three-point shooting team. Dave Rose's uh, Jimmer Fredette team is junior year. Jimmer's junior year,
3: they're third nationally in three-point shooting. Uh, his senior year, oddly enough, was 86, but you could probably say the volume was volume, high. Yeah. And Jimmer probably missed a lot. But Even he, though they were
0: 86 and the volume was high, did they win a lot of games? They, they won a ton. And and I just think that three-point
3: shooting is going to be key for this program. I, You know what? And I will say this, too. I'm very confident that Mark Pope and this staff, with an NIL collective paired with them and Big 12 affiliation, they will get some talented players out of the portal. Jackson Robinson was a great get. And I think Robinson, he's had his ups and downs. I thought he was a great get. I think even Rudy Williams and Noel Waterman were very good gets. Now you pair them up with an NIL collective and then the Big 12, they will get a big man. I, I believe it. I, I trust Mark Pope to get it done. What I'm seeing, maybe the more concerning thing, is not is beyond personnel. It goes to scheme. It goes to execution. Yeah. And a, an a alarming trend of how the numbers are trending down with three-point shooting. Nate, what do you see? What do you think from BYU going forward? But what gives you maybe optimism for BYU hoops going forward? Because ultimately this year, it is ultimately about building to the Big 12.
1: Yeah, ult- I mean, it's it's just what you said, right? Snow Waterman and, and Justin Robinson. Um or Jackson, Jackson, Robin- yeah. Jackson Robinson. Jackson Robinson played at DB. Jackson Robinson. They, they've been great additions this year. Uh, looking at the, the box score from the LMU game a couple days ago, and BYU went 2 of 13 from 3. In a game they lost by five. And Noah Waterman and Jackson Robinson combined for two for six. So they hit both of the three-pointers. So it's just going to be more of that, getting guys out of the transfer portal who uh, who can play and you know, can contribute at a, at a high level um, because that's what BYU is going to ultimately need down, this, down the road.
3: Do you think it's, Matt, do you think it's, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk on social media, like guys like Jonathan Tavernari, who we've had on our program, they're saying, you know, BYU is probably not going to compete in the Big 12. I... I think Big 12 basketball, everyone's pretty much in the top 30. It's an amazing league. I think the Marriott Center can create some opportunities for upsets because I think some of those teams will go into the Marriott Center thinking, whoa, we didn't expect this atmosphere. I mean, I know that the Big 12's got some rocking atmospheres. uh, But, you know, I think probably losing record in year one, I get that. But I... Are you that concerned that it's going to be maybe a winless deal in the Big Twelve, or do you think there'll be a, there'll be enough to compete
0: at least, or is this going to be where BYU is just getting outclassed in the future in the Big Twelve? I'm concerned. Yeah. I wouldn't say they're going to be outclassed, but to your point, I'm just it's the scheme yeah. that worries me. I wouldn't feel worried if BYU was shooting 33 threes and losing to LMU versus shooting two of 13, being slow, maybe getting pushed around a little bit. I just it's the scheme that worries me, and I think also the trend of guys coming into BYU under Coach Pope and then a lot of guys hitting the portal, that does concern me. Because yeah. you, you, there's guys on this team where you're like, is Tanner Toulson playing enough? Is he going to be patient? What about Trey Stewart? He played a little bit, and he's been MIA. Uh, if guys aren't developing, do, do they want to leave? Or does Coach Pope say... I don't see you fitting here because you don't have that interchangeable length that he's looking for. That worries me. If BYU can I, uh, reestablish the identity of being a three-point shooting team, a good shooting team, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Good shooting teams at all levels of basketball win. That's Shooting is a premium in basketball. Why? Because it is the great equalizer. Shooting can overcome athleticism. Shooting can overcome length. Why do you think the Warriors and Steph Curry have won a lot of NBA championships of late? Yeah. Because, because they're elite shooters. BYU's got to get back to that. I will say in college basketball, it is still the sport
3: with the big man. NBA's kind of phased it out. If they can get an elite big and they can pair it up with some great three-point shooters, they will be back in business. And they will be a lot more competitive in the Big 12. I'm not one to say that I, – I think right now, if, if if it was BYU hoops as currently constructed right now against the current Big 12, yeah, you're probably going 3-15. and 15. Yep. It's going to be a mess. But uh, I I think that Pope and this staff will be relentless in the offseason. I thought it was noteworthy a couple months ago when he said, you know, we didn't want to sign anyone in November because we can't afford to get any younger. We need to get old. So they didn't understand that they've got to get some upperclassmen from the portal to pair up. But I think you got some nice pieces with Robinson, Dallin Hall, Richie Saunders, and Foose. Keep developing, keep growing, and then find that three point shooting from this team. It can turn around. Uh, tonight will be a, I want Pope's a first step. Dream in that to come
0: to come to fruition, because if it does, yeah. they'll be back in business. Yeah, he
3: wants them to shoot thirty five percent from three to close out the the year, which would mean forty percent the rest of the way. It all starts tonight. BYU San Diego tip off is at six here on KSL. We'll take our final timeout, get to the hurry up, and get you up to speed on all the latest news in BYU sports.
0: final segment here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Been a great show so far. We've had a blast talking BYU football, BYU hoops, Uh, just a programming note, BYU basketball. That game was previously at 8 p.m. It's been moved up. It happened a few weeks ago. It is uh, tip at 6 p.m. down in San Diego, and they haven't played there in a few years. So there was a COVID cancellation. They didn't play them last year. They're back in San Diego for their final visit there. Tips at 6, pregame. At 5 p.m., and you can listen to it right here on KSL News Radio. We got to get to the
3: hurry up. It's been a minute since we had the hurry up. Last month we had a bunch of games, we had holidays, so it's good to get back to the hurry up and hear that glorious NFL music. This is where we get you up to speed on all the news and notes that we might have missed during the program. A report came out this week saying New York Jets are sticking with Zach Wilson. Is that good or bad,
0: Matt? It's bad. It's bad for it's bad for Zach Wilson because they've they've already indicated to him that they're not going to be patient with him. Yeah. So if they're going to trot him out next year and he struggles in the first game or two, does he go back to the bench? I think the Jets are going to get Derek Carr. That's what I. That think. would be great for Zach. Yeah, because Derek I, Carr's a good a good NFL quarterback. He's not great, but he's had success. If he could sit behind Derek Carr, but at the end of the day, oh, oh, he needs a new scenery. If he's going to sit, can he go to Kansas City and sit? Well, in the Jets next year, they're going to expect
3: Sala and Joe Douglas to get to the playoffs. And is Zach, have, from what we've seen on Zach through two years, I don't think he's ready to lead an NFL franchise. In <laughs> the Statistically playoffs.
0: speaking, he's the worst starting quarterback right. in the NFL. So he, there's you can't honestly say. In one year, he's going to go from worst to playoffs. Yeah, so they're going to make a
3: move, and we'll see if how that impacts Zach Jamal Williams, six yards away from becoming the first BYU alum to rush for one thousand yards in an NFL season. That's crazy. Tyler Algier, one hundred yards away. So after having years of no one thousand yard rushers, BYU might have two. I think they
0: will. Algier has been ripping it these past couple weeks. He's going to get the he's going to get the carries. He'll get there. Jamal will get there as well. BYU women's basketball playing right now at home against San Diego, up 11, 32-21 at the half. Nice to see BYU basketball on the women's side maybe gain a little bit of traction, and on the recruiting side, it's it's looking up for women's hoops. Yeah, I got one, uh, one of the
3: best uh, recruits in the 2022 class, Jenna Sai, from Oregon. She transferred in. She's now enrolled. She is going to sit out the rest of this year for the next season. She'll be eligible to play, so you got a backcourt of her, Amari Whiting. You got Nani Falatea coming back. Hey, they're getting some talent in that Big 12 BYU women's hoops. Keep an eye on them. I know this year's been down. It's a far different look than last season's national ranking, but uh, Amber Whiting's building a team in that women's basketball program. And the men's volleyball opened their season last night with a 3-0 sweep over, am I saying this right, McKendree? Yeah, that's right. Who is that?
0: It's a small All school right. that plays volleyball.
3: All right, got to get out. Next week we'll talk to you more BYU football for Dave Makem our producer Nate Slack, Matt Biamonte, Mitch Harper, Catch you next time here on Cougar Sports Saturday. It's always powered by KSL Sports.
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains.